Hey everybody, and welcome to Sermons from Centerpoint. My name is Chris, and I'm so glad that you're joining us today. This Valentine's Day, when I preached this sermon, Texas was in the middle of the storm of a century as a polar vortex descended upon us. As a result, this sermon actually wasn't given from the church. Instead, for the second week in a row, I was at home and delivered an entire service remotely. I preface this week's sermon with this information because you'll notice a difference in sound quality as I'm using my personal microphone from my house. With that said, the scripture for this week is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 3 through 6 and John chapter 12 verses 37 through 50. The sermon's entitled Blinded by this World. And it specifically calls us all to question and look at the types of different things that blind us. Even as believers in the faith, we get blinded too. We're not perfect. In fact, sometimes the things of this world are so alluring that we can kind of lose sight. Now, this isn't meant as a judgmental condemnation, but just food for thought. Are there things that are blinding you currently? Are there things that you don't want to let go of? In the scripture here, it says that even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they would not believe in him. So what's Jesus trying to show you that for one reason or another, you can't see because of your focus on other things? Well, I'm going to stop before I get to preaching. In any case, I hope you all have a great week, and uh, I hope that this sermon is helpful for your soul. God bless, and be well. Well, brothers and sisters, we have come to the reading of our scripture for the day. Um, today's reading is second. Uh, we have two readings. The first reading is 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 6, and John 12, 37 through 50. Let us start with our 2 Corinthians reading. And even if our gospel is veiled to those who are perishing, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep from them seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us now move to John, our gospel reading. So please stand if you are able. If I stand, though, my head will disappear <laughs> and you'll see a blank torso because I'm wearing a blue shirt. Although he had performed so many signs in their presence, they did not believe in him. This was to fulfill the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah, Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And so they could not believe, because Isaiah also said, 
He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, so that they may not look with their eyes and understand with their heart. In turn, I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw his glory and spoke about him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, that is Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human glory more than the glory that comes from God. And then Christ cried aloud, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. And I have come as a light into the world, so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in the darkness. I do not judge anyone who hears my words and does not keep them, for I came to judge to not judge I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my word has a judge. On the last day, the word that I have spoken will serve as judge. For I have not spoken on my own, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment about what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal, is eternal life. What I speak, therefore, I speak just as my Father has told me. The word of God for the people of God. John chapter 12, verses 37 through 50. You may be seated in case uh, I haven't said that yet and you're still standing. So today we are talking about how we can be blinded by the world. Um, even as Christians, we can be blinded by the world. And there's a couple of key passages from our gospel this week that I want to talk to you about, because um, this goes back to our overarching theme that we've talked on the last few weeks, which is um, spiritual formation, one, and two, the matters of the heart. You see, in one uh, message, I talked about how uh, our hearts can, um, we can just kind of give into this hate and how, you know, um, that can blind us in, in a way. Um, in another one, I talked about how uh, it really starts with our heart and, and how Jesus Christ even said, it's not what goes into a man which sullies him, but it's what comes out of his mouth. And so there is this kind of like a, uh, core idea of the heart of man as being integral to the scripture, especially Christ's own message. And in today we see it. And so one thing that I really want to, uh, I want to point out here is this part in verse, uh, in uh, our passage for today. I don't know if you see it, but it says, nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. For they loved human glory more than the glory that comes from God. So what's really interesting about this particular scripture is that there were people who believed in Jesus back then, but who didn't espouse it. We know all about the people who did. We know about the apostles. 
You know, we know in Acts that eventually it comes around and, and people really um, come to preach and speak the word of God. But what's really fascinating is how um, even those who believe in Jesus can still be blinded, can still not speak. That even those, even those people who know the truth sideline the truth for something else. And so this is something that we all have to deal with, even if we are believers. And it's a little bit scary to talk about it because there's a part of us that might be thinking, well, could, could I be part of that? The truth of the matter is yes. There's all manner of things that, that we can almost purposefully blind ourselves because we don't want to see the truth. You know, I don't know if I've told this story, but I remember once when I was a youth director, I took our kids ice skating in Albuquerque. Um, I didn't even know there was an ice skating rink in Albuquerque. I just thought that that was an impossibility because of the desert. Um, boy, was I wrong. Uh, on that day, we went ice skating, and you should know something about me. I have a, a lot of talents of which I am uh, blessed with, I feel, uh, but grace is not one of them. Uh, finesse, not really, uh, I'm, I'm terrible at it. And uh, um, putting me out on the rink on sharpened blades on ice uh, was probably not a good decision in hindsight. I remember I was skating around the rink, and at one point I lost my balance, and it was, it was in the midst of a group of kids. I um, wiped out. I To this day, I don't know exactly what happened. I just know that my feet went flailing in the air, and they came down, and I might have taken out three or four children. Um, I'm sorry. If any of those children are listening, my apologies. Um, but in that time, I remember I came down and I just had to get off the rink because I was not in a good spot. I, I, I was kind of, I was I needed a breather. I needed to take a break. Again, grace is not my strength. So I sat down and I remembered um, just thinking, oh, man, I feel weak. And so sure enough... I um, looked down at my pants and I was wearing jeans and I remember I started to see some blood coming through my jeans and I just thought, oh no. I knew what the truth was. But boy howdy, I was not ready to admit it. I sat there for a few moments thinking about what I exactly needed to do. And uh, I pretty much decided at that moment in time that, you know, maybe I could just wait this out. Maybe it's not that bad. I still hadn't pulled up my jeans to see what was going on yet. And I was like, I maybe it's just better if I don't know. But I started to feel weaker. I started to feel not as good. And so I thought, 
So I bit the bullet and I walked up to the front of the place where we walked in. And uh, when I was there, I told them what I knew. I said, I have not pulled up my jeans yet. I know I did something. But I wasn't ready to admit it. So let's pause on that story for just a moment. Because I think this is a pretty universal thing that we all do as people. Sometimes there are truths that we just don't want to admit. Truths that we don't want to acknowledge. Because if we don't acknowledge them, you know what? Maybe it'll go away. Maybe it's not true. Maybe if I take long enough and I forget about it, it really won't be that big of a deal. But all of us have this, uh, these times in our lives, whether we'd like to admit it or not, where we want to have essentially plausible deniability. Maybe... Well, let me get back to my story. So eventually we pull up the cuffs of my jeans and sure enough, I have a pretty bad gash on my leg and I had to go to the ER. I had to get it stitched up the whole nine yards. I could not have gotten better had I not acknowledged the truth. My leg was in such a starry state that had I done nothing, it would have only gotten worse. Denying the truth of what happened would only cause me pain later on. So the other week I talked about losing uh, weight, working uh, on the Spartan race, um, and how I wanted to feel more healthy. Part of that was a realization at the beginning that I was in a bad spot. That I was... Um, getting fatter, if I'm being honest, that I was getting more and more aches and pains in my legs and in my arms and everywhere else. And if I did nothing, they would have only gotten worse. It's the truth of the matter. So I decided to take the long trek towards health. This verse that we're talking about today about how uh, we have been blinded, about how we can you know, blind ourselves, how we can refuse to see the truth, how we can refuse to acknowledge it, comes with consequences. Let's go back to where we left off. And then Jesus cried aloud, whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in the darkness. I do not judge anyone who hears my word and does not keep them, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my word has a judge, and on the last day the word that I have spoken will serve as judge, for I have not spoken of on my own, but the Father who sent me has given him has himself given me a commandment about what to say and what to speak. 
Now, let's dive into this a little bit more because we've talked about how we blinded ourselves and chances are the majority of people who are uh, watching right now are believers and probably you're all or the majority of you are from center point. Truth of the matter is, is that not only do we blind ourselves sometimes to the truth, but sometimes we blind ourselves or we refuse to acknowledge truths inherent in scripture. Sometimes what God is asking us to do isn't something we want to do. Sometimes what, how God is asking us to behave is not a way in which we want to behave. And so the rubber meets the road. For the world, there's this big question of, do you accept Jesus Christ as truth? Uh, do we acknowledge him as Savior? And that is certainly one question, but a question that's even more prevalent for us as Christian, Christians is, do we accept all the truth that Jesus Christ has to speak to us? Mm. Do we accept every lesson? When he tells us to love our enemies, do we love them? Do we? Or do we let our own ideologies conveniently cover up that truth that Christ has called us to do so that we can justify treating our enemies poorly. Hmm. You know, I've seen a lot of hate in these last couple of months, um, really from online. Um, there are some liberals who call Republicans racists and all of them, just blanket statements. And then there are some Republicans who call um, liberals libtards. <laughs> is that in line with who we are as a people? Do we let our own political ideologies define how we treat our common man who's created in the image of God? Because these are truths that Christ speaks are we open to them and are we being challenged by them and are we living by them or are we the same as those Pharisees before us that even of the authorities that believed him but because of the Pharisees they did not confess it you see this is the challenge of the gospel we never reach the mountaintop. We never are the holy people that we want to be. Whenever Christian perfection isn't something that we reach, so to speak. But it's something that God is constantly challenging us to do and to get better at. It's not easy. The call to a life of discipleship in Jesus Christ is not easy, but it is good. So 
some of the most beautiful moments in my life have been because I laid everything that I had down to pursue Christ. When I refused to take off my own blinders and to really pursue him. It's in those moments that I have been closer to God than I can even describe with words. I remember after high school, I went on this youth group trip, and it was transformational for me. It was, uh, it was amazing. We went to this, we went to Georgia, or no, anyway, we went to Georgia. Uh, just so happened that one of the members of our church had a property there that she inherited from her family. And I was really on the fence about what I wanted to do in my own life. I really wanted to pursue theater in Chicago, um, go with all of my friends there. Um, and that was something I really wanted to do, but I felt like there was this calling from God. And I remember um, I was really struggling with it. But it was on this youth group trip, right before college started, mind you, like the summer before, and I hadn't applied anywhere. And I decided to go on it kind of like on a... Um, last-minute thing. And one of the things that was so uh, beautiful about this trip is uh, there was, this is 2004, so smartphones weren't created yet. And it was just this farmhouse. So there really wasn't a lot to do there but to just focus on me and my relationship with God. And I remember one particular day or one particular morning it was me and him uh, on the top loft of this barn, and I was reading scripture, and I was praying, and I was singing all by myself. You know, and it was in that moment that I knew what I was supposed to do. It was in that moment that I felt a greater connection to God than I can possibly describe. I wasn't on top of a mountain. It wasn't a crazy moment where I did something amazing. It was in the quiet and it was in that spot. When for a moment I decided to lay my wants and desires down to the side of me. And I decided to say, well, God, what would you have me do? And that decision sent me on this journey that I'm on now where I met my wife in New Mexico and I've been able to talk to kids and adults and hear their stories and help people draw closer to Christ. And they have drawn me closer to Christ. And it's been something that I can't give up, nor do I want to. So what blinders do we have on what do we have holding us back from really giving it all to Christ what hates do we let rule our hearts justifying them as righteous
Because when we do that, we fall into the same trap as the Pharisees. And as I've said before, over and over and over again, that's kind of the amazing miracle part of Scripture, of the Bible, is that it's not telling us a, a new story or, or a story that is only applicable to one particular people and one particular moment in time. But these, these lessons, these things going on, are the same things that we struggle with today. So what are we on? What don't we want to give up? What blinders do we have on? What hates do we justify as good and righteous? Out of these things, what is blocking us from coming into a deeper union and communion with God? Brothers and sisters, I leave that task for yourselves. I ask that you would take some time this week to root through your heart and root out the sin. You know, there is a um, old adage that is, be killing sin or it will be killing you. And it's true. So brothers and sisters, I invite you into that so that you might know God more, so that you might know the truth of the gospel more, so that it might touch your heart in a deeper way than you can possibly fathom. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you and we ask that you would help us to take off the blinders of our heart. That you would help us to root out the sin which we have justified as holy and good. That whatever ideology or plan or thoughts that we have that that get in the way of us drawing closer to you, that God, you would move it and knock it out of the way. We pray, O oh God, that you would equip us to do some heart surgery this week, to really look into the depths of who we are as a people, so that we might no longer be blinded by you, so that we can pull up our pants leg and really see what's going on, so that we can stop putting these things on the back burger. So that we could truly embrace who you are as our God. Because it's only when we root out these things, when we take off the blinders, that we can come closer to you. Help us to remove these impediments, O oh Father God. And in the Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.